All right, welcome back to the I'm There Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Frey Wade. I'm here with my co-host, Kenny, and our special guest, a uh, longtime friend of the podcast, Anthony Simpson. And today we are going to be talking about the movie, and I guess also a bit of the video game, Uncharted. Uh, the movie is now available on Netflix, so if you want to watch it and waste two hours, of, I mean, if you want to watch it and spend two hours of your life... <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want to watch it. You know? Look, Wait. if Richard didn't say it, I was gonna say it. He was like, "If you want to watch it, I'm gonna, like, you don't want to watch it." I'm gonna jump in real quick. I'm before I, before you two go any further. I'm gonna have to stand up for the little guy, right? Just like in Doctor Strange. You mean although, Tom Holland being a little guy. Although I think this movie's better than Doctor Strange. That said, that's um, so. I mean, that's I so ignorant. I just feel like there are two different kinds of bad. Yeah, I agree Go with ahead. you, Anthony. I think that there are two different kinds of bad. So let me let me say this. I know that Ant's going to sh- absolutely shit on this, and I think Fraser's probably not going to be a fan either. I just want to say one thing before we go any further. I think the movie was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it you know, as a fun <laughs> movie, and whether or not it's really good. Or any of that stuff. I don't know. I don't know how it did with the video games, but I Same. enjoyed my time watching it. I had a lot of fun watching it. And you know, it was a it was a fun movie. So let me I agree with you. It is fun. It's fun in the way how like when we're playing Smash. You wanna say this though? Tom Holland, I, I do love the actor. I think he's cool. I mean, when, you know, whatever. As much as I can love an actor, I mean uh, he's Spider-Man. But once again, reaffirming, he definitely is not a good pick for Nathan Drake. As somebody who no. hasn't played the video games, but just knows what Nathan Drake looks like, I agree. Tom Holland, I feel like, is a horrible pick. Immediately, and also, no. Immediately, no. Did anybody else feel like they were just watching Peter Parker? Yo, okay. <laughs> that is my first fucking comment. That is on my notes. That is the number one thing. I was like, is he just not Spider Man here? Like, he's literally not only in the way he jokes and quips about everything, right? Like, yeah. he, he's actually just playing Spider Man in this movie. I couldn't, I could not unsee it, dog. I, the, <laughs> even the first scene, the iconic scene with the cargo flying out from the plane, which I believe is from the actual game, but it was over a desert. Um, I just thought of Spider-Man immediately because the, the things that he did are not human things. Now, granted, you know, there's a level of uh, suspension of disbelief that you have to have with this movie. There's a lot of nonsense in it as far as like things that humans can actually do. But I accept that it's not real, right? Like it's based on a video game. Yeah, yeah. So, but at the same time, I feel like the directors maybe went a little too heavy handed on just how unrealistic a lot of it comes off because I just could not stop seeing Spider-Man antics the entire time. And him being Tom Holland did not help. It just did not help. It it felt like I was watching Spider-Man. Like as much, like I truly do think the movie was fun. I, Maybe if you're a fan of the the you games, know, I wish I really wish Kenny would stop saying fun. (laughs) Listen, you know, because me and Rachel were talking the other day, right? And we're talking about Monster Hunter, Mm -hmm. and I was talking about Mm -hmm. using like a bad play style, Mm -hmm. and I very specifically. Constantly called the playstyle fun. Frazier mm-hmm. was like, I like how you know that you're calling it fun and yeah. not good. Yes. <laughs> so, because once you said fun, I thought like, you know what? The movie was fun. And like, uh, I'm going to play Smash Brothers with my friends with all the items on fun. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a fun set. It's a fun setting. It's a fun movie. To me, this is a movie that, and I, I just put it in a category. 
where I would never willingly watch this again. Like it, it's not something that I would ever be like, oh yeah, I want to watch Uncharted again. Like it's, yeah, yeah. and to me, I think that that just puts it in a column because I only, I really only have I'm very I guess polarizing in this way, but like I only have two columns. One is rewatchable, and one is like never ever show that to me again. And this would just be in the section of never show this to me again. I I don't think it was horrid. And that's me saying that as somebody who's never played an Uncharted game, the most experience I have with Uncharted is when I bought my PS4, I'm pretty sure it was bundled with the Uncharted game. And one of my friends spent the night before a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament and played it like he cracked the plastic open and everything. Like I, it, I, I had it for over a year and it was still wrapped in the fucking plastic that it came in. He's like, yo, can I play this? And I said, absolutely. Like you can have it. You can leave when you leave from Philly, leave you can take, you can take it. And I watched him play it and I was like, okay, this isn't, it doesn't look as bad as I was expecting, but it's just, it's just not for me. I was hoping that this movie, um, would just be like a fun What's adventure. For you? Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I knew that this wasn't going to be like my kind of thing for, but I was, I was maybe hoping that it captured some of the, and they make allusions to this too, like the Jack Sparrow vibes, like what makes Pirates of the Caribbean great. Cause that's, that franchise is like amazing. And it's kind of, yeah, but Uncharted isn't like piratey. It, uh, well, you know, I, I got, I got a lot to say, but I'm going to let y'all It's not, it. you, you know, say it's not piratey. We know you're going to have Uncharted, the most to say. Uncharted, it, Uncharted is not, is not piratey. It's just like even the the fourth game that has to literally do with pirates. It's not like like it's not like One Piece, you know. Like it doesn't give like a Pirates of the Caribbean like you know One Piece vibe. But it's supposed I, to be like an Indiana Jones right, right? It, you know, it's kind of like uh, it's it's a little a little meta in that way that like Uncharted is like. A male Lara Croft, and Lara Croft obviously is inspired in some part by Indiana Jones. So he's like part Lara Croft, part indie, and that's why I love Uncharted. Well, what I was going to say about the whole pirate thing is like this movie blatantly brings up pirates multiple times. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not only that, but they actually find pirate ships. So there's definitely them trying to make an illusion, and they actually say Jack Sparrow as a joke at one point. So it's like while yeah, so while it might not be. Uh, true to the actual game franchise, a hundred percent. So I know there's a lot of differences, but that's always going to happen with any adaptation. I do think that they were trying to do something with the whole like him and his brother Nate, and his brother when they were kids said like, "Oh, we have pirates' blood." I was like, "Oh, okay. Like, what is this? Uh, piece? Like, what is what's just, happening here?" So it's so bad, man. Like, I don't know. Kenny said he had fun watching the movie. Yeah, I, yeah. So I did not to be clear, the movie. As somebody who doesn't play the games, knows nothing about it, because that's the thing. Knowing something about a thing can make it, for example, even though this is a bad example, because Dragon Ball Evolution is just truly a bad movie on every level. Yes. But yes, it is. It's not, I don't even think it's a fun movie. It's just actually like poorly written yeah. everything. This movie's nowhere near said, that level. Okay. Like, nowhere oh, near it. I'm, I'm someone, I'm a huge Uncharted fan. And this movie's I, worse than Evolution? No, I don't think it's worse than Evolution, but okay. uh, it's definitely just like not. It wasn't. It wasn't fun. Like I knew the movie was gonna be bad. Uh, the yeah, moment yeah. that I saw that, like Tom Holland, I was like, "That's a miscast for Nate." But you know, he's a good actor. It's a Maybe horrible cast. Yeah. And then they were like Mark Wahlberg, and I was like, "Damn, the movie's got no hope." Kenny, do you uh, remember when I was so, saying that Game of Thrones is one of the best things about it is that the actors are unknown? Yeah, yeah. There's not fame. There's not. I mean, I'm, there are, but for the most part, there's not like super big actors. Yeah, like Game before, like season one of Game of Thrones. Yes, there are some people whose 
who are known. Like I think Ned Stark was played by somebody in Lord of the Rings, right? So like yeah, yeah. he's somewhat known, but he also that Lord of the Rings before Game of Thrones was so many years between them that a lot of people have forgotten about him. Like I don't really remember him from Game of uh from Lord of the Rings. I don't really remember I mean, Ned's. Sean, Sean Beans, he's in you know, he's in double O he's in double O seven movie, he's been in a bunch of movies. Yeah. He always dies. But he's not he always dies every time. He's a so he's a very well known actor, but he's also I feel like although he's super well known, he's not like He's not like an Amos, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he's yeah. Amos, he, he's but he's never not been like, like a main character, I don't think. Yeah, like, he's not like giga famous. more than him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, like, yes. And so I think that Tom Holland casting him, and I, you know, I say all this to say, like, his casting is bad here for two reasons. One, he doesn't resemble Nathan, Nate, Nathan Drake in any way. Like, they don't, he's not as tall as him. He doesn't look as gritty as him. Like, Tom Holland looks like he grew up in the fucking suburbs. Like, there's nothing about that kid that, to me, looks like he struggled. When I looked at Uncharted gameplay from the first games when he's young and he meets Sully, he's a dirty-ass kid who's like an orphan, right? Like, he his clothes are ragged. He's in a really bad way. He's a little thief. Like, he's doing... He's he's basically like the story of Aladdin, right? Yeah. Like he's a, okay. He's, You're making him sound worse than... <laughs> no, but, like, look at... Like, literally, I looked at gameplay footage on YouTube just to see what he looks like. His clothes are literally, like, ripped and ragged, and he's, like... Yeah, 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 but his, he's, like, you know, he's a competent little thief. Yeah, he's, but, that doesn't take away from the fact that his appearance is not that of someone as clean as Tom Holland. Like, Tom Holland literally looks like a spoiled kid. Very like, just, like, young Nathan Drake from the games as a young... He was a little crackhead out in the streets of Columbia. <laughs> I mean, was he not a fucking orphan? Like that was out here stealing. But yeah, my my whole thing is like he doesn't fit him in any way, and I think that him playing Spider Man, which is such a big role, overshadowed any chance I had of believing him as Nathan Drake. And I think that a lot of people felt that way because it was literally the first thing that you said, Kenny. Yeah, he. It felt like he was acting like Peter Parker, like yes. the way he was quipping and acting. Okay, I think he can't so help it either. I don't think he can help thing. it. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. I think that Tom Holland probably has the chops to play like not a Spider-Man like character. No, oh, he I does. Think the problem, I think the problem is is that Nathan Drake and Spider-Man are too close in personality for you to not see him. Interesting. So Nathan Drake is like a quippy guy too. Yeah, Nathan Drake, he's he's so, quips. He's nothing but So this quips. was a mistake. So uh, that's interesting because in one argument, you could say that Tom Holland is a good cast because he played Spider-Man, right? Like, I could see somebody saying, like, oh, because he played Spider-Man and he's quippy, that's a good cast for that. But because he's so big, it's actually a bad cast because you see Spider-Man you instead Spider-Man. of Nathan Drake. Yeah. And, like, the the other, like, if if Tom Holland were 10 years older, maybe I'd see it. But, you know, like, Nate, even, like, young Nate, like, from the first game, he's he's gruff. Gruff is the word that comes to mind. Like Nathan Drake has like a gruff to him and Tom Holland does not. He's got like a boyish he's got like a boyish charm about him. So that's why he's a that's why he's a great Peter Parker. You know, he cause he is boyish. Uh but like Nathan Drake isn't boyish. So you know, like Nathan Drake's got like five o'clock shadow and shit. What I know you hate Mark Wahlberg, but Me too. Don't you do you think because I think Mark, like Mark Wahlberg, would have been a better, better cast for Nathan Drake than fucking Tom Holland. No, no, man. no, no. Nathan Drake's Mark, not from Mark's Nathan, Nathan Drake's not from. He's Nathan not from Drake. Boston. Nathan Drake's not from Boston, and that's all. Like that's all. Uh, it would, man. That sucks. I love Sully. Like in the games, I love him, and I also 
don't like Mark Wahlberg and pretty much anything that he's in. So like them you being like, like he's in the brothers? movie. That movie's a classic. Anyway, continue. And them being like he's in the movie, I was like, ugh. And they were like, you're he's playing Sully, and I was like, ah, why? They said man? that he got. They said that this movie has been in production hell for so long that Mark Wahlberg aged out of the role. Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he was supposed to be Nathan Drake, and this movie took so fucking long to create that he aged out of being able to ever play Nathan Drake. Oh, now. oh, I was like, well, because Sully's old, so what? <laughs> yeah, like they wanted Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be Nathan. I prefer Tom. I prefer Tom Holland. Even look at what's happening here. Look at what's I happening. Just, it's you know. I, so okay, right? Because I really because Kenny. So, uh, and, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give us the ring. Kenny said that he had fun watching this movie. I did. Right? I did. And I I went to this movie knowing it was going to be bad. So I was like, let me just see if, like you said, if it's fun, right? Movie. I had. Well, I had no I had fun no watching fun. it. I had no it fun. So, <laughs> you know, actually, I watched it because. For those that don't know, I love watching good bad movies. A good bad movie, there's nothing like a good bad movie, right? Like Alien vs. Predator, prime example of a great bad movie. I can watch that movie over and over again. I like that movie. I recently watched a terrible movie called Piranhas 3D. That shit was fun. It was a terrible fucking movie. Fun as fuck. <laughs> it was like, and like it ended with like this giant piranha eating someone out of the boat. It was great. I was like, that movie is That's how fantastic. I feel about every Halloween movie. But this movie, no. This movie was a terrible time through and through. And All right, I really well, tried to like put aside my bias being why like don't a huge we, uh, fan. But. Why don't we start talking about the actual movie then? All right. So uh, okay. clearly, clearly all, right. all right. So we got our stances here. I will say this. So Kenny said fun, Anthony disdain. Uh I am indifferent. <laughs> like I I watched this movie completely indifferent. I didn't really like, I wouldn't say it was fun for me, but I also wouldn't say that, like, I thought it was god-awful. I just found myself staring at the screen, yeah. and a lot of things that happened were very predictable to the point where it gave me, like, okay, this is definitely a children's movie. And I wasn't really, like, ex- I wasn't expecting much either, though. That's the thing. I didn't go into it expecting some Oscar-level <laughs> movie. I was just hoping to God that it was entertaining enough for me to be like, okay, I could recommend this to people. But it, it Whereas I would recommend the entire parts of the Caribbean franchise. I actually genuinely like all of them, I think. I think Jack Sparrow is just one of the funniest like characters, period. I just didn't get uh, any of the good feeling of a, an adventure or like double crossing and all that stuff that they were trying yeah. to like constantly push through. Um, so I'm very indifferent to the movie. It's just kind of like whatever. And again, I only have two columns, so it's just in like the unwatched. Yeah. Like I will never watch it again, but I was willing to watch it. I got through the two hours of it. Uh, For me, but- it's like in terms of the columns, it's like. I would never go out of my way to put it on again, but if I walk into a room and somebody else is already watching it, like I won't mind yeah. watching it. I'll be at my phone. <laughs> I'll, be I'll my leave. Phone. As a matter of fact, <laughs> oh, I'll be really belligerent and turn it off. Damn. Oh, All right, well, there, there are stances. Did that Dragon Ball Evolution? I, one time I remember coming home from work at like 2 a.m., and I think Medina, Frazier, and Cairo were watching Dragon Ball Evolution in my basement, and I fucking Why? turned it off. I was like, you guys are Why? not doing this. Why? But see, at least Dragon Ball Evolution is, like, so bad. Like, not it's in a comical. fun way. It's just so, right, it's so bad. Because I remember we, all right, so, like, me, Kenny, uh, a bunch of our other friends, we went to go see it, and we were just laughing the entire time. Like, Dragon Ball Evolution was, like, anyway, another another story for another time yeah uh this movie um, so they do like a 15 year time skip backward so after, you know a movie starts off with him 
which is clearly like an end of the movie scene, kind of, where he's flying out the cargo thing. And that's when I was like, holy shit, is this kid superhuman? I, I didn't know what the... I never played Uncharted, so I was like, is he... Is part of him superhuman in some way? Like, did he take some serum or something where he can do shit like this? Uh, come to find out he's human, because they go 15 years in the past, and him and his brother are, like, at some some orphanage, I guess, and they're, they're little troublemakers, right? And some guy comes, and, like, he's come to take the older brother away. Uh, what's his name? Sam? Right, he's coming to take Sam yeah. away, and Sam escapes. He's like, all right, I'm out. And he leaves Nathan behind. And he's like, yo, don't leave me. It's like, you know, it's all sad and shit. But then it goes to the future where you see Tom Holland playing Nate, and he's working at a bar, and he lights some random girl's cigarette. And when he does that, he notices, like, she has this really nice diamond tennis bracelet on, and he takes it in a really cool way now this is one of the things that when kenny says like fun i i already understand exactly because i know how kenny is i immediately as i was watching this movie i was like i could totally see i knew before coming into this podcast i was like kenny definitely didn't hate this movie like I, yeah I nathan, nathan drake and kenny i think would be boys i'll just <laughs> i'll just leave it there um the way like the, that first scene with him in it where he got that bracelet and like how smooth it was I was like, that was clean. And then when Sully comes in and Sully then steals it from him, I was like, okay, so this is going to be like a whole thing. And I I like to, I guess the opening scenes kind of set the groundwork for the entire movie because the the entire movie just double cross after double cross. Almost to the point, though, I would say it's overdone. Like every single scene in the movie was double cross. And I don't, I just can't imagine that an entire video game plays out where every single aspect of it is stab you in the back every single person, every single chance, every single scene. Like, literally, there wasn't a single person in this entire movie that did not get double-crossed at some point. It's ridiculous. I mean, Nathan Drake and and Victor Sullivan are definitely sleight-of-hand artists, yep. but they're not fucking magicians. I was so over that, like, Nate stole the bracelet and then Sully stole it from him. I was like, oh, man, this is gonna be bad in the wrong way. <clears throat> so... The initial scene where they, like, show him falling out of the plane is from Uncharted 3. Um, he does fall out of a plane. That does happen. Yeah, and I is heard so. Does he survive is this movie, like, a weird mix of It's a all mix of all, no, of all four games. Oh, shit. Okay. Which is, which is, and I'm going to walk you through why it being, if it were just the first three games, I'd be like, that's maybe forgivable. But it being, like, them mixing the fourth game into it is kind of unforgivable because of, the story arc that the character arc that Nate goes through in the fourth game and the whole reason why the fourth game exists. But um, he survives in the desert because like, it was like cargo. They were trying to find basically this place called the Atlantis of the sands, Aram of the pillars and the Rubicali desert, real place, um, <clears throat> the desert, not Atlantis of the sands. And <clears throat> as always in every uncharted game, the villain that's also trying to find the treasure lost city or whatever was like trying to beat Nathan Drake to it. So they had like, and they're usually super rich. So they had like a plane flying over the desert and you know, they were supposed to drop the cargo off, but of course Nathan, Nathan Drake thwarts all their plans, fucks everything up. And then, you know, all the cargo went flying out of the plane. So the cargo had a parachute on it. That's how he survived. Ah, so it's pretty much like, like how in the movie a bit. Like it had a parachute yeah. on it, and then it lands in the water, and they're stranded for a bit. Right, right, right. Uh, but did they have a cool Spider-Man fight scene while dangling on the cargo? 
I think that you do fight some guys while you're hell. Or yeah, you're like you're doing some you're doing some platforming like midair, which you know is like uncharted levels ridiculous, but is is a it's a fun it's a fun game. So, uh, but what I didn't appreciate about them doing that scene is that like. What they were trying to so they took a scene from Uncharted Three, but they were trying to give you like the shock value that you get at the beginning of Uncharted Two. So Uncharted Two was the first Uncharted game that I played because it got Game of the Year. A friend was like, "You should play it." I played it. I was like, "This is great, fantastic game." I played it like all in one sitting. That's how good the games are. So the beginning of Uncharted Two in the Himalayan mountains, you like you wake up, you wake up on a train basically right and you're like like nate's like what he's like oh that's my blood like it's like okay and then something comes flying past him like down the train aisle and then you realize the train's not sitting upright it's dangling off the side of a cliff and so like you have to climb out of it and then you know like it's about to fall and that's like the whole shock value that's like you know oh how did he get here yeah and he you know like so they tried to do that with the oh, scene from three and it didn't work and yeah. i was just like that's so they weird. like fused they fucking fused a lot of the scenes together yeah it, it just it didn't it didn't work well and yeah when you, when you say um they mixed all four movies i know what you mean because his brother apparently wasn't even a thing until the fourth game right yeah so they added salmon from the very beginning and it, clearly there's going to be a sequel to this at least it seems that Awful. it seems that way because they were talking about his brother sam as though he was dead the entire movie and this is what i mean by predictable i think everyone watching this with a brain knew that there's no fucking way his brother's actually dead right like he's his brother's for sure alive i thought the part that I predicted wrong was I thought his brother would show up at the end of the movie as like some kind of weird villain. And I was like, I'm going to be so annoyed if that happens. Luckily, that didn't happen, but his brother is alive. And then there's like post credit scenes all about the brother. And like he's still writing postcards to him, but he looks like he's in some kind of prison or whatever. But yeah, he's not a thing until Uncharted 4, the video game. And yeah. they just literally Frankensteined all four games into this movie. And I guess they're just going to try to make their own script out of it um, by doing that. Which I don't really like. I don't think I'll be watching any more of these movies. I think this is a one and done for me. I'm not because like one one thing about me like when a series starts getting really bad, I just can't bring myself like The Handmaid's Tale for example. That shit like season one amazing. Season two, what is happening? Season three, I refuse. Like I'm I, I get off. Like after you give me like too much bad shit, and I'm not pot committed yet. I'm I'm good. Like I can I can let it go. So, uh, but yeah, Victor. Whoa. Oh, go ahead. Can I? All right, so to give those listening that may not know about Uncharted, some Uncharted history, right? Uncharted 1, you find El Dorado. Uncharted 1 is about finding El Dorado, but the twist is, like, it's kind of like a contextual mistranslation. El Dorado is not the city of gold. It is the golden statue. All right, so it's about finding the golden statue. At the end, you end up finding out that someone plays some kind of bio chemical curse on it and anyone who opens the golden statue basically becomes like this living nightmare zombie okay so they sink it in the bottom of the sea that's on uncharted one ends that is when nate meets his unbeknownst to him soon to well eventually wife elena fisher all right then uncharted 2 is about finding shambhala shangri-la in the himalayan mountains uh and you know that game is great through and through that's when they introduce chloe who's in this movie who i'll talk about later yeah um, which one was find- chloe again she's the one that double crosses him multiple times she's the one that's just bitchy oh. for no reason um the girl that was like on their team but not on their team yes yeah okay 
I realized that I didn't really describe anything by saying to go to double cross to multiple times because every single girl in the movie double crosses him. Double cross. Every single guy, <laughs> Joe, the black girl who's like, she double crosses him. She double crosses the Magellan family or whatever the fuck they are. Or like the men, whatever those people are called. She double crosses them. It's just a lot of double crossing, but yeah, she's the girl that like he left fake coordinates to, which I thought was actually really clever. Yeah. So, so Unchar- okay, so Uncharted 2 happens, Elena's in that, Chloe's in that, like Sully's in all the games, but you know, like the whole cast is there. Great game, fantastic. At the end, they end up finding out that like uh the Chintamani stone that's supposed to be like the treasure that they're after in Shangri-La is actually just like the resin from the tree. It's you know, the tree of life, and that actually the resin like has some kind of chemical makeup that makes you fucking go insane. So oh but it's God. also Why highly is it flammable. Some fucked shit. It's it's every every game. It's always some fuck shit. So, uh, but you know, it's highly flammable. So Nate sets it on fire, and you know the bad guy who's like this Russian warlord. Like uh, he's like god tier because he like drank the resin. But you know, Nate sets him on fire, and they uh. they they pretty much blow up Shambhala, and you know they all leave. Um, and that game is when you know uh, Nate and Elena get a little closer. Okay, this is all important because. Uh, the third one is about finding the Atlantis of the Sands, but it's not actually about finding the Atlantis of the Sands. At the beginning of Uncharted 1, Nate, well, I think it was Nate hired Elena or Elena hired Nate to find, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sir Francis Drake, the adventurer, the actual person. Sir Francis Drake's like hidden coffin at sea. Right. So Nate knows where to find it for whatever reason. And he finds it. And when they open it, it's empty. The reason why he knows where to find it and, you know, he claims he knows where to find it is because he claims that he's like an heir of Sir Francis Drake, who officially had no heirs in real life. So the third game is actually about like the tension between Nate and this British woman who basically is like the descendant of like the like the secret service of of england and they want to find uh, like apparently nathan drake was i mean uh sir francis drake was sent by the queen way back when on like the fucking 13th century or whatever to go and find the atlantis of the sands and you know nate like wants to get there first because he's like that's my heir but she's like you're not actually his heir you're just some like fraser was calling him some fat some filthy cast off crackhead <laughs> blah 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 Jesus. so so that whole game is about nate kind of like everyone in nate's life is kind of like hey man like this isn't worth it you just kind of gotta let this one go and he's like i can't let her win and like they've been like they've had this tension for like 20 years and like that flashback when nate was like a little kid in columbia is when he met sully because sully was originally working for the english lady and you know like all that happened so how, how old is nate he's like 30 something okay you said 20 like years. early like, 30s damn. yeah 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 because he was like he was like a teen yeah like a young teen when he met sully all right um that makes sense. so 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 that's what the third game is about at the end of it like you know he thought that sully died because like the atlantis of the sands the reason why it fell like you know to ruin is because apparently like the the water source in the city was corrupted with some kind of again chemical like agent and this english bitch was after it because she basically wanted to use it to control the world uh so 
you know, they blow up the city again. That's just like, oh it's part for the course All of the right. charted. This sounds <laughs> so repetitive. Like, no, no, uh, honestly, honestly, it's the same game three times. Yeah, I was, I was, I was trying my hardest not to say it, but I was like, I mean, granted, no, no, I, I say still, that all the time. And granted, it's still apparently it's good though, regardless. But yeah, like, it, the storyline is being, despite it being the same game three times, all three games are great. It doesn't feel like it when you're playing it. Yeah. So, I, I, could, I could get that because people try so to say like, that about One Piece sometimes. They're like every arc is the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, it's always the same. Like, but like, really, it's the same in a different yeah, way. Yeah, like, like Dressrosa and Arabasta have a lot of similarities, but when like when you actually digest them, like they feel really different. And the the journey when you get the journey as you go through it, just you know, you get different feelings as you experience it. Yeah. So there was a big gap between Uncharted Three and Uncharted Four. At the end of Uncharted 3, Nate and Elena essentially like solidify their relationship and they're like, oh, you know, oh, we're going to be together. Blah, blah, she blah. dies. <laughs> she does not die. Okay. Well, that would have been great. Uh, Uncharted 4 starts and you find out that they're actually married and Nate is living a more or less normal married life with his wife, whom he loves a lot. And. The whole thing with that game and why it was so great, because I didn't know what to expect. I was like, "What? how are they going to like, you know, is this going to be a, the same game, but a fourth time? But what I really loved about Uncharted 4 is that it took everything from the previous three Uncharted games. It took like Nate's like journey, his character arc, him like obsessing over the next treasure. And it kind of brought it full circle because Nate was done with that. He's like been out of it for like, I don't know, like close to 10 years. And he's been living a pretty steady, normal married life. And then out of nowhere comes his brother, whom he thought was dead. And he pretty much coaxes him into going after this last treasure, which was like the lost pirate cover or something. Henry Avery is the pirate that, that like founded it or whatever. But, okay. you know, it's something that they like said they were going to go after since they were kids. And throughout the course of the game, like you realize that... Nate kind of has to come to a decision where he is either going to let go of like this old his his old self and like you know like live his happy life that he's been living right. or he's going to obsess continue obsessing and breaking bad and like pretty much ruin wow. all the relationships in his life and his brother acts as like the foil to what Nate is because like his brother is who Nate was through the first three games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's obsessing actually, over it to the point that like they almost died. So it's really interesting, and it does. I can see how, as somebody who's a big Uncharted fan, how a lot of the the mishmash of this movie is disappointing because based on just what you're describing, having not even played the games, um, the character that you see built up over the three first three games. And then challenging that character in the fourth game, like philosophically, is really interesting. Like introducing the brother and the problems that's going to bring the Nathan in the fourth game is really interesting. Whereas this movie opens up where Nathan is already like constantly looking for his brother. Like his brother's always a factor. So there's yeah. not an opportunity for him to grow as a character, move past it, and then for his brother to like tempt him back. You know what I mean? Like it. It kind of ruins. Um, it ruins. It ruins the purpose of his brother's. His brother's purpose, like the purpose of his brother's character, because like by the fourth game, they're like Nate's brother, and you're like, he has a fucking brother. Yeah. And then, like when they show the flashback, you realize he never talks about his brother because he 
thought he lost him in a terrible way when they were trying to escape this uh, this prison in Peru or something like that because uh, they were looking for a clue to like the lost pirate cove and like shit went sideways and they were trying to they were like in the midst of escaping and like his brother got shot and he like fell into a ditch and they were like he was like fuck like he's gone and he had to leave and he just assumed that his brother was dead rightfully so and uh so like when you see the flashback you're like okay you understand why he thinks his brother's dead and why he can't go back for his body because it's in a it's in a prison in south america that he can never get back to yeah. right so like them in this movie being like oh here's his brother and i'm like well that already like ruins that and yeah there's then, no redemption arc for nathan drake as far as him trying to live a normal life that conflict of like your brother represents your past and then elena his wife represents his present and his future and, like, and what do you choose? Right, because in, in the fourth game, it all kind of comes to this point where he's been lying to his wife the entire time. Meanwhile, like, she knows who he is, and she's been Wait, lying in what, that he didn't have a brother? No, no, he was lying in, like, telling her where he was going and what he was oh, doing. Oh, oh, because, like, he went out on an adventure. And, like, Sully kept saying, he's like, don't lie to her. He's like, don't lie to her. Like, she's been, like, good to you always. Don't lie to her. And Nate was like, you know, she just wouldn't understand, blah, blah. Blah. And you kind of see that, like, Nate's, like, struggling with, like, living this normal life and wanting to be, like, the adventurer that he always was. And it it comes to a point where eventually she shows up to, like, their hotel room after they escape some nonsense. And she's not even, like, mad at him. She's just disappointed. This and sounds... it's, like, it's, like, super emotional. And you're, like, and he's, like, fuck, I, like, lied to the person that loves me for who I actually am. And that's when he starts like reflecting throughout the rest of the game. All right, let me interject here. So one, first thing I want to say, Anthony, I am very happy that you're on this episode because the expertise <laughs> in Uncharted is amazing. Like Kenny and I had none of this. Like we don't know any of this. So not, not only that, all. but I'm genuinely impressed by the storyline of Uncharted now. As you as you were telling it, like to me, that sounds like something that I would watch and like. Like the entire Yeah, yeah. The entire story arc, the character development, and everything that's happening. This sounds like a good show to me. It sounds like something that I personally like that kind of conflict of, you know, a person trying to better themselves than, you know, always being faced with their past and having to choose, like, you know, what do they really want in life? Um, that is amazing. And again, we, neither one of us have really played Uncharted games. So this podcast episode would have essentially just been us talking about the movie and only the movie having nothing to compare it to. But I really appreciate that. So that was one. Uh, Kenny, did you want to say something about that? No, no. I was just um, I was just muting my mic because the okay. dog's barking. Okay, okay. And then the second thing I wanted to say was uh, I I just I don't know I I feel like they definitely didn't do a good job with the movie as far as making an adapt adaptation. Now that I know all of this contextual background about the video games, almost at a point where like. This isn't even Uncharted. They just threw that name on a movie and took a right. bunch of things from like the Uncharted series. But in reality, it is not the it doesn't have the essence of anything you just said. Like all and the stuff it, you said it really doesn't sucks. have that essence at all. Like I didn't get any like Nathan Drake at when you see him as Tom Holland, like the you know, the time skip or whatever. Um, I just don't feel any of that character in him. He's, I don't know, it just, it's not the same no, it's, person. It's, none of it's there. And you know, like, as ridiculous as Uncharted is, like him falling out of a fucking plane midair with no parachute, essentially, and like clinging to cargo and surviving. Yeah. Like, as ridiculous as that is, it's kind of, it's all kind of like, 
I don't want to say like an allegory, but for lack of a better word, it's all kind of an allegory that like each game gets more ridiculous because like it kind of shows how deep Nate is willing to go each time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first game's not as ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but it's not as and ridiculous. The second game, more. yeah, it just gets more like and more Fast ridiculous. And the Furious. Where they're in space at one point. It's like, Wait, how, did no. it get, how did it get here? Did, did they actually go to space? I don't know. I'm just saying, like that. Oh. That's where it's gonna go, though. Like they, they've done everything they could do on Earth. Eventually, they're just gonna be racing cars on the moon. Like that's what's going to happen. But that's yes, it. I get what you mean. It just pro- it progressively gets more and more absurd. The other thing I, I did want to say one more thing. I just it just came back to me. Uh when you were saying about having to hide it from his wife, it reminded me of Mission Impossible, which is a franchise that I love a lot. I like Tom Cruise and that it's my favorite Tom Cruise series. Um Mission Impossible, he's always hiding his true identity as like this top secret CIA agent and stuff. Um from his wife and the way he does it it really hurts him every time he has to like lie to her and go out to these telephone booths and have these secret calls and stuff and if she finds out it like jeopardizes her, I mean, they kind of allude to that. He would have to kill her, but just the whole secretive lifestyle, how it tears him apart. I totally uh, get that. And how also mission impossible, every movie gets more and more ridiculous. Like that's kind of the point of it too, is that every mission that Tom Cruise goes on gets more impossible. They're getting more impossible. And so you say like Nathan Drake, like the first one is more grounded. And then the second one and the third one, they keep getting more like, and by the third one, he's hanging out of a fucking, or whatever, whatever game it was, but like he's hanging literally out of a a, a ship, like an airship, I, and he's dropping cargo I, out. Yeah, that yeah, and yeah, so Elena's not even in this movie, which like, you know, I guess my biggest my biggest issue is that like they squandered all of like the big moments that Uncharted has for no reason because they could have just like picked a game or picked two games, like the first and the second one. Yeah. Don't really see how it would have been possible, but they could have like picked an adventure, even made a whole new different adventure. They're going after actual Atlantis, not Atlantis of the Sands. And, you know, like, let's say, you know, like they're they're going after the Holy Grail or something like that. Something that doesn't happen in the Uncharted games, but uses like the same format, same characters, whatever. That would have been even if it weren't good, even if they didn't do all the like character stuff. But the fact that they mashed all of like the meaningful events together yeah. for no reason and like then just kind of like squandered all of that into like a movie that really didn't even have an adventure that made sense. Like I love fucking adventure movies. I love Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is like one of like it's one of like my top like movies. It's not like a top 10, but I love Indiana Jones. I yeah. love like movies that have an adventure in it. Basically, you so, talk about Indiana Jones the way I talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. So, like, the fact that this movie, I didn't feel anything for, like, the actual adventure, I was just like, man, this, this sucks. Like, I'm not, like, there wasn't, like, even any, like, any fucking, like, there wasn't much lore. That one part where he was, like, figuring out the lore and, like, left her, like, the, the coordinates, I was like, that's cool. I wish the movie had more stuff like that. But, yeah, so there are some scenes in the movie that I genuinely was like, okay, I like this. Like, I think that that, that to me, that one stuck out so much because, I, I was just kind of tired of the, all the double crossing. I'm sorry, I keep on harping on this, but it was no, nah, it was ridiculous. Like, it's it it's, was bad. It's so much of the movie. Like when you watch this movie, and if you haven't, I I really can't in good conscience say like make sure you go watch that. But uh, if you're gonna listen to this podcast, you probably will anyway, right? 
And maybe you will like it and maybe you will enjoy it and have fun with it because I definitely think this is a movie that you can absolutely have fun with. Again, this is not some unwatchable movie in my you opinion. You drink soda, eat pizza, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can yeah. watch the movie. Like I like I don't, you know, but like the scene, the scene where Chloe uh basically, you know, he realizes from his brother's postcards that the crosses that they've been like going crazy about the whole movie are actually a compass to the treasure that they've been looking for. And he he goes to sleep and he blatantly tricks her. And I, I love this because it was kind of at first I was like, what sense did that make? But then I thought about it more. So he leaves on the table the coordinates to where the treasure is and he goes to bed and he knows that she's going to wake up before him because she was asleep while he figured it out. So he's like, OK, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get a good night's rest. And then when I wake up, if she left then that means that she was never to be trusted anyway. And I gave fake coordinates anyway. So what he does is he wakes up. She's like, she left a note to him saying, I learned in this game, you know, if you don't put yourself first, like you always get double crossed or whatever. So I'm screwing you over and I'm sorry. I really didn't like you, but you're good. You're too good. And then he's like, damn, he walks over to a bottle of alcohol. Cause he loves alcohol. And he like pops it open, pulls out the real coordinates. He's like, that's fine though. Too bad. You're going to the wrong spot. And then, like, the scene just, like, switches instantly to him traveling. Yeah, that was definitely a cool moment. I just liked everything about that scene, the transition, because I thought that she got him. Even though I was like, it's so dumb that he would leave the coordinates out in the open like that. Like, to me, the good thing is the scene happened so quick that you don't get too much time to think about it. It's like, why the fuck would he leave it out anyway? But then immediately after that, he's like, well, too bad you got the wrong ones. And then it just, like, transitions. It's really, really well. That scene is well done. So um, as cool as as cool as that scene is, because I also like like I said, I enjoyed that scene. I enjoyed yeah. like what happened in that scene. I was like, oh, the quadruple, the pentruple cross, yes. whatever, however many crosses. Like, Sully, congratulations! He's like, you're learning, yeah. kid. Like, um, as cool as it was, it's not something that Nate would do, and it's not to say that I'm Nate's sure. not smart. Nate is really intelligent. He's one of like whenever it's like the gang and they're on like an adventure. Nate is the one that's got all of the lore. He's got all of the knowledge. He knows how to put all the pieces together. But Nate has tunnel vision. And because he has tunnel vision, he would never be crafty enough to set up a trap like that. But, you know, that's me being picky. Like, I don't think that Nate would do, because he would be so, like, all consumed by, like, what he's trying to do that he wouldn't think, like, oh, so she's trying to double cross me. So I got to double cross her first. Like, Interesting. Now, there are other, I think that's something that Sully would do. Sully would 100% do that. If he had like, you know, the knowledge to do it, because Sully is, you know, he, Sully is both backhanded, but also like the homiest of homies that you'll that you'll ever have. Right. Is he um, really as selfish? Uh, no, as... I hate it. What they did with these characters in this yeah. movie Dude, Sully, he Sully was... is not Sully's not selfish. Chloe is actually a fun person. <laughs> believe in, in the movie, because I know I've heard you and other people say they really like Sully before. And, like, he really, like, I, once again, I had fun watching it, and I enjoyed what I saw, but at the same time, I was like, <laughs> I, like, he's not likable. He's like, not, not likable. Yeah. He's I like a caricature like, of a person. Like, no yeah. human being is like that. He started fucking packing gold while they were about to die. Like, it was, it was just, like, such an extreme case of... Okay, but Sully would do that. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, but... but like they like they were like it's, like it's like someone said oh victor sullivan is greedy and then someone mistranslated that to selfish like 
Sully is 100% transparent. I am in this for the money. He's like, he knows some stuff about the stuff that he's hunting, but he doesn't really care. He's like, what's the payout? Like, what's the yeah, number? Yeah, I like that. Right? And he yeah, knows that's how the to difference assemble, between, assemble the team to get that shit done. And that's the difference between him and Nate. Like, he's like, like, Nate's like, I know the treasure, and I'm going to go after Nate's the treasure the talent, for the glory. And Sully's the and, producer. And so he's like, look, man, we'll go after it if it's worth something. Yeah. He's like, but is it worth it? I so like that, him being greedy is is great. But like him being selfish, like there have been multiple times at like the end of an adventure. Sully won't be happy about it, but he'll like he'll ditch the gold to save Nate yeah. because that's his friend. Well, he did. You know, he sees him like a son. For that, right. Like, right. I was job. like, oh, at least he had like that kind of redemption. But. You know, like them. I, I will say the dialogue in this movie was very cringe to me because it. So when you're doing an adaptation, it's a. Uh, I think it's best to try not to make video games that become movies sound like video game scripts. And what I mean by that is certain lines are just things that real people don't say. When he first meets Joe at a bar, right? She walks up on him, beautiful beautiful black girl right and she's like this assassin cool chick she's on the same type time as, as sully but she's like still mad about what happened to barcelona and it's it's really just like no one <laughs> no one actually speaks like that but that's like such a video game <laughs> conversation that you have and he's like oh i see you're still you know you're still upset about what happened back there i'm a new man now though baby like it's like it's it's such a like no one fucking talks like that like no one so i just it's just really hard for me as i'm watching i was like this is blatantly just like them taking too much of a video game conversation and trying to make humans say it in real life and it, it doesn't work like you need it to actually adapt the the conversations that shit sounds like it's in a video it sounds like npcs talking it's like what are you doing so that whole character in general i had like mixed feelings about I think Joe. she is probably one of yeah. I think she's one of the better characters in the movie. Um, she's she's kind of very obviously based off of a character in the fourth game whose name is Nadine. She's black. She's got crazy hand to hand combat skills. Mm. She kicks Nate's ass in like a library. So yeah, like also a whole they just thing. changed the name of kind of and. Um, what, is this version of the character like an original character? Like yeah, character? yeah, yeah. It's like an original character. It's like if they made Nadine like Foxy. Which, you know, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like, that's that's fine. Um, but, like, the whole thing with her and Antonio Banderas, and then, like, that really flat double cross where, like, oh like they were like, Antonio Banderas is the villain, and then, like, she shoots him, and he's not anymore. And I was like, that was weak. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what so, that was, but it was okay. weak. Let's go back a little bit. So there was a... Antonio Banderas, I don't know what his character's name is. I, I honestly... I just it doesn't matter. I don't. Yeah, what it doesn't is... matter. But I'm just gonna call him the villain. So he is supposed. He's set up as the villain the entire movie for the most part, and then he gets into a conversation with his dad, and his father is like, "Hey, I'm going to give all of our fortune away." Now this is some of the most unrealistic shit. Again, he's like, "I'm going to give all of our fortune away and stop our all of our excavations and all of our searches for this gold. It's over. It's done. I'm throwing it in a towel." And so the villain is like don't do that what the fuck like we can still find it you know i still have hope meanwhile they're they're the closest they've ever been so it's really strange that at this very moment the dad is trying to stop it but anyway the dad's like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna uh throw away all of our fortune and money right now and there's nothing you can do about it so as soon as he said that i was like oh god this is gonna be one of those fucking terrible situations where he's gonna kill his dad 
And what does he do in like the next scene? Him and his dad have a conversation again. He's like, hey, dad, are you really going to give away all of our money? And his dad's like, yes, I am. And he walks away, gets in his car, and then Joe's in the car. And she kills the dad. The next scene after that is the villain, Antonio Banderas, on a flight. And he's like toasting to his success and all that. And like he's super happy. And Joe's standing right there. And then she just cuts his throat and kills him out of nowhere. And like, it's just, again, every scene has a double cross in it. Like every <laughs> single had a scene, quota. Every it was scene also, though. it was also weird. Cause me and me and Kevin were watching it and she slit his throat. And then we were like, wait, so is he dead? And we we're like, okay, well, if he's dead, where's the blood? There was no, blood. and then like, there was like no blood. And then it was like, he's dead. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess it all coagulated in his throat. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, um, it was just a lot. It's, I just, it got to a point where I was like, okay, I can't, I can't deal with like everyone double crossing. Everyone is too much. At at some point I was thinking to myself, is Joe going to get double crossed by one of the fucking henchmen? Like, or what is one of them going to shoot her in the back and like try to take, take everything from self? Cause I'm looking at her, her stature. She's a small girl. And then you got all these fucking buff ass dudes with guns. They have no actual reason to follow and listen to her. Like if we're being honest, I was like, if they watch what she just did to their boss, what would make them loyal to her? Like it just doesn't, none of that makes sense to me. And I hate when you have all these double crossing people, like at the end of the day, there has to be some real pecking order. There can't just yeah, be, everyone can double cross everyone with impunity. There has to be a fear that if you were to kill the leader, you will die for that. Not you take ownership of the fucking gang. Now that's not how that is supposed to work. And that's kind of that's kind of that was one of my my points of contention with her character. They kind of like based her off of Nadine, but did it half assed because something kind of similar does happen in Uncharted 4 where Nadine is like working for the villain. She's like working with the villain because she's the one that has the army. It's her army, essentially. Okay. Right. But like by the time the villain like gets toward the end of the game and he starts really getting like white man on him. Um, she's like, she's like, you and Drake can kill each other. I don't care. Bye. She takes some of the gold and dips. And like, the reason why that feels believable is because when you first, when Nate first meets Nadine, Nadine, he had never met her, but like, Sully knew her and Sully was like, stay clear of her. And when she figured out kind of what Nate was up to trying to like sneak around the auction and do some shit. She kind of headed him off, met him in like, you know, this like little private library room. And it's like a boss fight, a hand to hand fight with Nate and Nadine. And like Nate is trying to, you know, Nate knows how to fight. He like knows how to throw down. And uh, Nadine absolutely whoops his ass. And like the entire time he's like talking shit and she's just kicking his ass. And you're like, oh, okay, this girl's about it. Like whoever she is, she's about it. So like later on when she like completely like double crosses the villain and is like, I don't care if you and Drake kill each other or whatever, I'm leaving. It feels believable because that's who she's been the entire game. I want to say something real quick. Go ahead. I was going to bring you into this too, Kenny. I wanted to say something. Go ahead. Um, So the auction's from the fourth game too. Yes. It's so so. It feels like the more I'm hearing about it, it feels like they took, like, it, it feels like they mostly just took the fourth game and made that the origin. Like they took the last game yeah. in the franchise and then we're like, all right, we're gonna make this the first movie, <laughs> and like stole all of the heart from it. Cause like, yeah, I, I'm, and the the biggest the biggest gripe I have with the movie probably is Chloe. I don't really understand why she was in the movie. 
And I don't know why they did her character so yeah, fucking Yeah, she just dirty. kind of appears, and then she double-crosses them immediately to steal the crosses, but she realizes she can't do anything with them without the information and, that they have, so then she's forced to work with them, and then she double-crosses them again, of course. And something that really bugged me about Chloe is, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, they made Chloe Brown. That's cool, right? And I was like, okay, so so Chloe in the games is, is white, right? Um, Chloe in the games is white. And in and in the movie they made her brown, which I'm totally fine with, right? But then Chloe, who in the games is kind of this like bubbly, kind of bubbly, like her quips like match the best of Nate's. Like she's a really fun kind of person, but just also like she's like bitchy in a fun way. They just made her just bitchy in this movie. Yeah. So I was like, so that you make her brown. dimensional. So you make you make the character brown and then you make her bitchy and not the actual character. And Chloe was like the fucking opposite of fun in this movie. And I really, really hated that. Oh. And, and, you know, if you think that you would need like a more serious character to like, I guess, round the cast because Nate is fun and Sully's fun and everyone else is fun. Nah, because pretty much the entire cast in all of the Uncharted games, they all talk shit and have quips and it still somehow works. So um, like better characters. I was going to say one thing I really did actually think was impressive with this movie was the fighting choreography. Like mm. when you say you had like fun with it, I imagine that part of it was actually like the action sequences were really well done. Also, not only were the fighting scenes really well done, like obviously Nathan Drake can fight his ass off, which I still don't quite. He can fight with no contact as far as I'm concerned. I'm wondering where the fuck he learned to fight as well as he does. He literally is Peter Parker because the shit that he does, like, it's like a mix between Capoeira and all these other kinds of martial arts and like Jackie Chan. It's very Jackie Chan style too, right? Like a lot yeah, of bar fighting, a lot of him people with bottles and uh, inanimate objects. Um, I did I, like the bar stuff, like him just being a bartender and then yes. like later in the movie, him like being a bartender fighter. Yes, I thought that that was really cool. Just the way he handled all of those fights. Great, granted, he obviously got roughed up when somebody much bigger than him like punched him in the stomach and stuff, but he was able to hold his own in almost every fight, and then like obviously Joe outclassed him, and then yeah, I just thought that the way they actually choreographed all of the fighting was like, wow, this is actually pretty decent. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, and it just was really nice. Yeah, the action sequences were, once again, my word, fun. Really fun to watch. There was, that's the thing, so, the movie's plot and everything, it was just like, it it just reminded me of like it's just like a summer movie like it yeah. didn't it wasn't it, it it wasn't a movie that felt like it had a story to tell it wasn't a movie that really wanted to drive home a message or tell a story or like really have a point to it um it was just a movie that i i truly think was supposed to like it feels like it's supposed to be a, a summer blockbuster movie you just kind of go and watch it but you don't leave the theater thinking whereas like there's certain movies <laughs> or video answer. games you when you play them or watch them they like make you think and you think about them and like you ponder over like the character's actions because you think like should they have done this but not in a way where you're like it's bad writing that they did this you think about it like man it sucks that they were like put in this position and this is the decision they made all that other stuff right this and it sounds like from what ant is describing that the games actually do have that thought behind it but this movie certainly didn't so 
when I say I enjoyed the movie, I did. I enjoyed the movie for what it was at face value. It was easy to get through. I ate fucking pretzels and cheese while I was watching it. And the fight scenes were really fun. Um, the action sequences were really fun. Like, I, I liked the part in the auction house where, like, he was fucking jumping from the lamps and the chandeliers yeah. and all that nonsense. They really do make it epic. I, I think that uh, when I was watching this, one of the things I immediately thought about was the visual effects were very well done. And I kept saying, this movie looks expensive to me. Not only mm-hmm. because of the all-star cast, like having Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg in it, but like the casting, you know, and Antonio Banderas also like the, the casting is pretty expensive on its own. But then I said they had to spend some money. That scene where when it so in the beginning of the movie they show the him flying out the cargo ship scene, and then we go time skip, and then we don't see it for a while. Then at the end of the movie, we find out that Chloe's the person who hits him with the car, right? And when you get to see that full scene play out, it's fucking insane. Like yeah. that scene where he's free falling and then like he lands on her car and then she opens the door and they start having a conversation while the car is falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like obviously suspension of disbelief, that is not even remotely how physics work, but I really could not help myself with the stare and awe at just how nice that entire sequencing looked. Like from the car falling from the sky, all the cargo falling, the people getting hit by the cargo and falling out, the parachutes. And then like when Chloe jumped out and just skydived and said, follow me. And he looked around and was like, what the fuck? Like we're in yeah, we're yeah. literally falling on top of a car. And so he then jumps off and then, you know, he lands with her on top of the cargo ship. I just thought all of that, like visually the auction, um, the scene of him free falling, really beautiful stuff. And even with the pirate ships, when I don't know how real this is either, but the, when the helicopters lifted the pirate ships, I was like, this looks really nice. I just don't think that those helicopters could actually do that. But like, okay. it looks nice. Like visually the cove that they were in when they found the two big ass ships, I was like, this is like a yeah. really epic moment. This is like a very visually stunning, like whoever did the set design for those ships, those ships look like they were actually aged and like proper, like everything about the production. I think the production team deserves an award by itself like that the production was very very high and almost like they had an amazon budget like i'm actually yeah, all that, in what the budget was sorry all that looked really cool i liked when the helicopters were flying with the ships and it's like it's interesting because your brain looks at boats and knows that they're supposed to be in water and so you're watching the boats fly and like as they're going around mountains and shit it was just like interesting to watch the boats flying over water yes i don't know it was just like a cool scene and that's the thing a lot of the scenes were really cool and well done in that like they were just cool and fun to watch. Um, so, real quick. But, oh, go ahead, go ahead. You, you I was going to say, but I, I can totally see, once again, I don't think the movie had much thought behind it in terms of its plot and its like heart and its messaging. And so I can totally see, as somebody who experienced those games, why a lot of that would just like really grind you down. Because like, one day I might just get around to either playing the Uncharted games myself on stream, or maybe if Ant wants to stream them, I'll watch them, but... Maybe I'll, I'll experience them myself, then I can go back and look at this movie and be like, man, that they fuck up. So the budget was $120 million. So this is a very expensive movie. I mean, that makes sense why, you know, Tom Holland's in it. You know, he's he's a he's a blockbuster. Yep. Like, a, he, you know, he drew in a right now. So. Yeah, he's um, you were right about that. Like, Tom and that's Holland ultimately why they why they 
cast him. And I know, like, you know, after hearing me bitch for, like, however long it's been, an hour and some change. No, I appreciate me, your bitching and your ranting because I think it, it drives an important perspective into the... I mean, but overall, you know, I was like, if the, I don't really care if the movie's being made. If, it's, if, like you said, if it was fun, then I'd be like, cool, then it's fun. But if it just felt like it... it tried to it felt like it tried to be in the middle where it's like it's trying to be uncharted but it's also trying to do its own thing and i'm just like ultimately i guess that's where i fall with the movie overall is like you know oh anthony how would you have made it better i would have made it better by not making the movie and here's why because uncharted the games as they are currently are already essentially movies you can watch all the cutscenes from Uncharted and it feels like a movie. So I have this same dilemma with them making a Last of Us show where I'm like, that game is already so cinematic that why are you making a show? Well, I disagree strongly with this point. I think that this really, yeah, this sounds silly to me. So mm, because uh, let me it, hold on, let me speak. So people, not everyone plays video games, but like if something is great in one medium, and people don't play that medium, which is video games, and I don't see why they wouldn't want to, one, cash in on it from a business perspective. There's just money to be made. Blatantly, this movie made $400 million, so it, it is in the profits. It was a $120 million budget, and it made $400 million. Um, So it one, money, right? Like, just overall, if nothing else, it is just going to draw in money if we just put Tom Holland on it and do even a shit job. A lot of people are going to get got and go see it anyway, even if it's not good. But also, I think that it's unfair to isolate people who do not play video games from something great. Like you're saying, like, Last of Us is really good, and I have heard the same thing. I agree there. And Uncharted is also apparently really good, and judging by what you said earlier in the podcast, I also agree it is probably really good in one game of the year. But, like, I have never played those games, and... A lot of people don't game at all, but I don't think that they should not be able to experience it because they don't game. Like I don't, I don't think that's like a so a reason I, to exclude them. I agree with you in a vacuum, but in reality, we live in we live in a society where we live we live in a society where they don't get it right. So yes, like you are right about that. I agree with you there. They don't so it's get it like right. one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to make them they're going to like make a mashup Frankenstein terrible amalgamation of a movie like Uncharted was or they'll do shot for shot and make it exactly like the video game and it'll be like the same adaptation and end up being similar to like the live action version of The Lion King. Because, like, when I watched the live-action version of Lion King, it just, I was like, I'm just watching the same movie over again. Why did they make this? And, you know, inversely, if they had done that with Uncharted, I would have felt the same way. And it would have been like, okay, well, I guess this is better than what they ultimately made. Yeah. But, you know. I, I want to think- say this, though, Anthony. Real, real quick, let me just say one last thing. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, I, I guess my my thing was... You said if you were given the opportunity, like you wouldn't have made it at all. But I, I think that you with a hundred and twenty million dollar budget could have made a better movie than this, based on a, absolutely. So it's that just, so so my point is that I don't think you should sell yourself short. If you had a hundred and twenty million dollar budget and they made you an executive producer, I don't think we would have got this movie. I think you would have known not to have some of the pitfalls that this movie had as far as 
trying to be an adaptation. This is this this failed as an adaptation if we're being blunt about it. Like it is yeah. not it did not capture the essence of Uncharted in any kind of way. And so like it just used the characters' names and had like epic scenes in it. But other than that, it didn't capture the essence of what makes Uncharted a great game of the year level game. And it is sad because like you said, we live in a society where they adaptations fucking suck for the most part. Like nine times out of ten adaptations are really, really bad. Um, there's about to be a One Piece one on Netflix. It's going to be god awful. I'm saying it now. It's going to be yeah. terrible. The Death Note one was fucking terrible. Oh, Death Note one was so like I completely Ooh. understand like why you feel that way. Uh, I guess I'm I'm being optimistic here and saying like I want us to keep trying. Like it's, it's kind yeah. of like the optimism in me. Like I, I don't want us to to just accept like they always fuck it up. Therefore, don't even be- don't even try. It would be nice. I mean, there's a few times that like the adaptation honestly is better than the than you know some, the thing it comes from. It, like, I think like some of the adaptation changes or some the some of the adaptions that like uh, uh, Peter Jackson made for Lord of the Rings were great. You know, he got yeah. rid of like he got rid of the fight for the Shire that happens at the end of Return of the King because it was anticlimactic. He got rid of like them wandering around Mount Doom for three days after a. Uh, after Frodo puts the ring on because I don't know, I thought always thought that was weird too. So like, and like, you know, like game of Thrones, they made some adaptations that like made sense versus the book. Uh, I think though that because this is, I guess such a, and I guess this is where I stand with like super cinematic video games. It's like, because they're so cinematic, people like kind of glom onto like those performances. And it's really difficult to match, if not one up, those performances in like a, a movie, because like the performances in these video games are like great, you know. Like when you're watching, like when when Elena, Nate's wife, catches pretty much like knows what Nate is up to and catches him in that, like catches him in the hotel, like she's waiting for them in the hotel room after she's found out what him and his brother are doing. That scene is like emotional. It felt like I was watching a movie already. So like when I hear that they're making an Uncharted game, as great as it is, like the idea that, you know, that other people get to witness it, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I, uh, it just kind of feels like it's like shitting what was already like the great work that was already done. What game did Elena come in? She's been in all of them. Oh, so she's in the first one. Yeah, I wonder why so, they didn't decide to include any love interest for him whatsoever in this movie. Because I was now that you say that he has like this love interest that's been around since the beginning, I'm like, well, that just wasn't a thing in this. Well, it's also interesting because in the games, him and Chloe also fuck. Uh, okay, so that's like it's like they they introduce Elena, but like she's not introduced as like his love interest. They like kind of flirt a bit, yeah. but it's not like oh, that's who he's gonna end up with. It's not until like the end of the second one that you're like, oh, they got like a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they had a little thing where Chloe, like, I mean, technically they slept together, and I'm using the air quotes here because they slept in the same bed together, but there was no sex or anything like that in this movie. There was no, like, oh, I hardcore want to be with you. I mean, clearly, there's some weirdness where Chloe, I feel like, definitely is attracted to him. I mean, she kept saying how good he was and too good and all this other stuff, but at the same time, she's way more focused on getting ahead in life. Then she is on like any guy, right? Like she's not, she's not slowing down for Nathan Drake anytime soon, no matter how cute she thinks he is. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. What else is there to say about this? I mean, well, well, I mean, Kenny, how do you feel about like the, you know, like the the point of like ad- adapting like cinematic, like super cinematic video games? Um. Well, you know, it's tough. I, I, I mean, I think interesting. I, I mean, based on what I heard both of you say, I think the the two of you just simply agree, and I think I just agree with both of you. Um, because at the end of the day, the point is. I would love to see really well-made movies or TV series of these games or, or whatever. Yeah. The problem is that there's no evidence that they've ever been done that well. Like there's to my knowledge, not really any evidence of any video game that has been adapted into a movie and done well. Um, Which really sucks. And same goes for like anime. Like I think, and I've said this since I was in high school, I think cowboy bebop is probably the easiest fucking anime ever to make a good movie out of or a good TV show out of. Yeah. And like, they still fucked that up. <laughs> so in terms of Uncharted, mind you, this is coming from the opinion of somebody who hasn't played it, but even it being as cinematic as it is, I think of course you can make a great Uncharted movie. Um, and it being cinematic might even make that easier, but you have to really commit to making an Uncharted movie and commit to like capturing the essence of that. And Honestly, I think the smartest thing to do with most video game adaptations and things like that, anime adaptations, is not try to match the source material one for one, because you'll never really be able to do it one for one. And obviously, that's what they did here. But they kind of did this thing where they're like, we're going to take all the source material from all the games and just mash them together and, you know, do whatever but yeah, imagine if like episode two of Game of Thrones season one was like you're a Targaryen, John, and just like <laughs> <laughs> dragons flying around, burning down cities. Yeah, it's like, like, it, like what the fuck is this show? Like, what is happening? Yeah, they just what's a Targaryen? They didn't really, you know, commit to the spirit of it, and I, you know, I think that it's, I think it's very possible, but I think unfortunately, like. At the end of the day, the problem is the people that are making these movies, at the, they get hired. Like we were saying earlier, Tom Holland got hired for a purpose. That was to draw in viewers. Everybody gets hired for a certain purpose. And so a lot of times they hire directors for whatever that purpose may be. The problem is you have to hire, like, not, not even just fans, but people that love it. Like, you have to hire people that truly want to make this movie. You, have, you can't find somebody and say, hey, I'm going to hire this guy to make an Uncharted movie. You have to find the guy that already wants to make an Uncharted movie. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just hire this guy that makes movies and be like, hey, have you ever played Uncharted? No. Yeah, okay, here's I a script. Make this game. This make is... this movie. You got to find the guy that, like, fucking loves Uncharted and is also an experienced film director and have him make the movie. I agree with that 100%. I think that this is one of the issues. And I'm glad you said this because even though I know this in my head as well, it wasn't in the forefront of my mind to say it like that. But that is an issue that I have in general with the way Hollywood does things. They keep getting people who are just big time names on board of these massive projects. And these people don't actually care about what they are adapting or making. For example, when we first heard about the live action One Piece, the actor who's playing Luffy said he never read One Piece. What the fuck? That's wild. What the fuck, Anthony? Like, what the actual fuck? uh, Yeah. uh, Listen... Luffy, Luffy, as like simple as he is in quotes, as simple as he is in the way he acts, he is actually a fairly complex character, I think, in spirit. 
And so yes. to really capture the essence of Luffy, you have to like really like One Piece and really kind of absorb who Luffy is. Yeah, because he is more complex spiritually than he is the way he than the way he acts. And there's more to him than just like he, him being goofy and silly. Um, <laughs> the director's just gonna be like, yeah, just act like a goofy gumball, man. <laughs> like that's the character. That's and he's gonna be like, and and the actor, you know, like nothing, nothing against them, but that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna do what the director told them to do. And, and I remember there was a quote from an interview with the actor who's playing Luffy, and he was like, I haven't read One Piece, but I've been doing my research, and I hope to do a good job in this role. And I was and like, see, that's that's you, promising. You've been doing your research. It's like, not promising. I'll tell you why. Wait, this, what? The actors said the same thing. Okay. The the main two actors in a show on Showtime called Shameless, um, oh, they are oh, the no. main actors in Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, no. Goku, Goku in Dragon Ball Evolution is played by the guy that plays Jimmy slash Steve in Shameless, and Fiona from Shameless is Bulma, okay? Now, before this movie came out, during press, they said the same thing. Oh, and they, they like, we're reading Dragon Ball. And they talked about how they're doing their research and how they're going through Dragon Ball and they're reading it. And they tried to, you know, marketing talk about how interesting Goku is and stuff like that. And it's like so obviously just Hollywood marketing, shameless nonsense. And then like the movie's done. The movie was terrible. Years later, somebody like in an interview asked them about the movie and they just like laughed at it. And anyway, they went on to be co-stars and shameless. And uh, my point is, them saying they're doing research means nothing to me. I mean, honestly, with something like One Piece, I'm just like, why? Like, don't just don't do it, because unless unless One Piece has the same cultural relevance in like America that it does in like Japan or like, let's say the same cultural relevance as something like Game of Thrones had in America, it's not going to get enough funding to actually be as good as what you're adapting it from. Not only so, that, I do think this is one of those things where it's like it ends up being it can end up being a blemish because I think, although I think One Piece is probably one of the hardest things to to adapt. I think with infinite budget, you could make an awesome One Piece TV live action yes, TV show with infinite However, budget. <laughs> you're they're not going to do that, and instead it's going to be a blemish. And so people who've never seen One Piece but only heard about it, they'll watch this Netflix show and they're like, "This shit is trash." A lot of people like this. And that's how and, I feel about this fucking Uncharted movie is like people are going to look at this and they're going to they're going to be like, oh, that movie was terrible. Oh, well, it's an adaptation from a silly video game anyway. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's another thing that I don't like about these uh, movies becoming adaptations. Monster Hunter, for example, if you watch that Monster Hunter movie, um, Yo, that shit that was, shit was so ah. bad that you would think that Monster Hunter has something to do with insects and spiders when it really just doesn't at all, like there is a spider monster in it, but like that is one of literally over a hundred uh, unique monsters that are in the Monster Hunter franchise. But it was such a big part of that movie. And then also the way they handled the weapons and stuff just wasn't accurate. And it just gave Monster Hunter a bad name. And I feel like that's what often happens with a lot of these adaptations. And it really sucks because at the heart of, it, I think it's what Kenny said, and I'm just going to reiterate is just the fact that you need to make sure that somebody who loves said franchise is a part of the executive production team and and probably the writer's room too or no definitely the writer's room too so that you don't just end up with a bunch of fucking nonsense happening on screen because i have hopes 
I have hopes of one day getting maybe a God of War movie because God of War is a great example of what Anthony was saying, a movie that has amazing cinematics. And technically you could just watch all the cinematics of God of War and it, it, it by itself will just be a movie. Like it is that good. Like God of War has always been from the very first one. It's always been that. And, uh, I would, I think, re- I think those, I think those games, sorry, not, sorry, not to cut you off, but I mm-hmm. think that those games that have like, it's always from the character's perspective. You got a little more room to adapt yeah, because you have more room for creativity. I, but like, but like with a with a game that's got you know like, uh, direction of photography and framing and cinematography and all that, I think it's a little harder to be creative and stay true to what you're trying to do. But I mean, I ultimately agree with what you're saying. Yeah, like I just, I, yeah, I just think like God of War is another example of a game that's waiting to be adapted. Like I think there's even been rumors of it, right? Like we've probably heard. Like oh, yeah. God of War is going to eventually be made. Into a movie like Kratos. I wouldn't be surprised. I hope they don't use a really big name like that, though. If I'm being honest, but oh, yes, I, I can just imagine. Would Vin um, Diesel do a good job? Yeah. All right. I just had a thought though, and I don't know if this has ever been said out loud, right? And I think the reason why this doesn't happen is the pretentiousness of Hollywood. We're talking about we need to get people that love these things to make them, et cetera, et cetera, or we could just hire the writers that wrote the game to begin with. Like, what if Hollywood <laughs> that, that too? Just what if Hollywood just went to the writers' room that made Uncharted? You don't gotta hire all of them because you want to have some of your own guys. Whatever. What if you just hired some of the writers that actually wrote the fucking games? Okay, so being Hollywood adjacent, I can tell you probably the biggest obstacle is pride. People that's what what I'm saying. That's the pretentiousness of Hollywood as to why that doesn't happen. But let's be real here. That's how you do it. Like, if you really want to get this done correctly, that's what you do. You get the people that already wrote the story. Also, the biggest thing, and and no one I don't believe anyone has really said this either. But what we need to realize about all these movies and all these shows and everything that's being made right now is they are not making them for us. Mm-hmm. They're not making them for us to enjoy. I know it seems that way. No, they're making them for money. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I'll tell the podcast a little story. Can't say any names because I don't know. I'll probably break an NDA. But very early in my visual effects career, I was working on a movie and I did, I somehow ended up taking over all the graphical effects for this movie. So me and my supervisor, my boss and my producer were walking with a, with the visual effects director and like his producer back to their office. And the director, he, she was like talking to me, right? And I have nothing in common with this man, you know, aside from the fact that I'm just like, I just want to do a good job at this momentous task that you guys have now thrown at me. But uh, he pretty much, in so many words, told me that he was making this movie, that he was looking forward to it being over so that he could pay for his next vacation home. It was his fourth one. And by the time that I realized that that's pretty much what he said... I was like, yeah, that's that's why. Is that how? I was like, is that how? Like, is that what happens with all these movies? 
And now the movie came out. Can't say what the movie is, but it was bad. It was not, and it was it was adapted from a book, and it's a book that a lot of people love. And it was bad. It was a bad right, adaptation. Chat, not chat, but all right, guys, do your do your research and figure out what <laughs> adaptation from a from a book that people liked got turned into a movie, and the movie was also bad. And, and try to and use Anthony researching for a while. Yeah, try, try to, to figure out. See, see if you can figure out where Anthony worked. What studios <laughs> he worked on? No, actually, don't do any of that. That's creepy. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the internet, you know, we we had a really big following. You know that people would be on that shit, and they might even yeah. figure it out. And yeah, they probably yeah. they would be scary. like, "Here's the here's the Venn diagram of possibilities." Yes, possible yes. Movie. There would at least be a Venn diagram by the end of the day. Like at the very least, we get a diagram, and it would be like, "Yeah, this is like this is this is like where it's going." Um, yeah, it's a shame because. It is a shame because at the end of the day, everything's a business, and I understand that. I'm not mad at that. Everybody needs to make money. You got to feed your family, whatever. But I do or wish buy your fourth vacation home or buy your fourth vacation home. But I do just want. I just would like an ideal world for there for you to make your money while also keeping the passion. Maybe make a million less dollars, but make it good. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> make a million less. You crazy? Like. Just make a million less. Like you're already making fifty million. Just make a one less million, but the movie's actually good. That'd be cool. Cause like here's the thing. I, from from what I've gathered, right? And it's for movies like this, and there's a lot of movies like the like this where the movie ends up being made. And for example, I found the movie fun. I was able to enjoy watching it, and I had a lot of fun watching it. I watched it with my brother. It was a good time. You know what I mean? But if I had played the game, I might really, really hate the movie. And it creates a situation where the people that love the thing you're adapting end up really, it ends up not being for the people that the thing was for. It yeah. ends up being for everybody who didn't appreciate the original thing. And that's like, is that the goal? Um, I mean, look, all of that to say, the thing that really, I mean, like I had already kind of know, like I knew this in the back of my head and everything, but like the thing that really just kind of solidified it is sandman sandman came out nothing but praises for the show its effects its acting its cinematography everything about the show is like like for for lack of a better term tens across the board for sandman right everyone's saying great things about it and yet it's still struggling to get renewed for a season two Hmm. yeah so like you think about that and you're like how you're like, everyone loves this. Like, this has overwhelmingly positive feedback. And so why won't you renew it for a season two? Right. And then Neil's like, the visual effects cost too much. They don't think that it's, you know, that it yields more than they put out. And they just don't think that it's worth it. And you're like, cool. So again, even though the people that actually made it, like, put in thought and care into making it good... So that the people watching it will enjoy it, the people that are paying the bills, essentially, the people that are funding the project, are like, no, I didn't get I I wanted a million more, so no. Yeah, I didn't make enough million. <laughs> enough million. <laughs> no, that's just something. Enough that's million just something. Is crazy. If, if you leave this episode, I want you to I want you to leave with that in the back of your head. Just oh. remember that all these things, as much as you may enjoy them or hate them, they're not for you. Yeah. They're for 
ex-director's fourth vacation home. Yeah, yes. they're for yachts and I all, mean, all that shit. I mean, at the end of the day, right, we live in a capitalist society, and uh, I think when I was talking about, you know, Anthony said about these movies being made in the first place, like, these are businesses, and they just want to make as much money as possible, and it's at the expense of the things that we love. And that is <laughs> yeah. just so unfortunate. And honestly, like, I don't really have much else to say about this Uncharted movie. What? Um, I What's interesting, that's what I love about, like, for example, although I'm not the biggest fan of all of his movies, right? Um, um, fuck. Django. Django, Kill Bill. What's his name? Uh, Quentin Tarantino, one of my favorite uh, directors. So, Quentin Tarantino. I'm not the biggest fan of all of his movies. However, when you watch his movies and when you listen to him talk, he fucking loves movies. Yes. He loves what he does. And, and he, he makes he a loves lot of references movies. and all types of shit. But yes, he is amazing. So when he makes a movie, regardless of whether or not you like it, or whether regardless of whether or not I like it, I'll speak personally, I know that he made the movie he wanted to make. And like he didn't yes, necessarily no matter how it's received and all that, yes. Yes. No matter how it's received, no matter whether or not I like it, I know Quentin Tarantino made a movie that he wanted to make because I can hear and see the fucking pat you can't fake it. You can't fake the kind of love and passion that he has for movies in general and for movie making. And he also is very successful, makes a lot of money, and he makes other people a lot of money. I just wish we had more of that. I wish we had more Quentin Tarantinos to – they had the ability to make the thing they loved and really wanted to make. Um, while also still making a lot of money for the people that need to buy yachts. Uh, yeah, well, uh, those days of – I'm a, like at some point Hollywood was like that, but then like the visual effects industry, people realized that they can make a lot of money through it, so it just got terrible. Um, and, you know, like when I, when I was just starting in the visual effects industry, not many people knew what visual effects was, and that's only like 10, 12 years ago. Like before that, even people didn't, you'd say visual effects, people were like special effects? I mean, what's a visual effect? I mean, people still do that, honestly. They do, but less because more, more people know what visual, the term visual effects means. And while it's got more visibility, it's great that more people know what it is. I also kind of wish that they didn't because now, like, you know, we hear about the, the VFX artists that work for Marvel getting like abused like it's not just them. It it's been yeah. happening for you know, ever. I actually forgot that I that I had this thought earlier when I earlier when I said I might play through the games. I I just remembered that I had talked to Jaden. I watched this movie with my brother, and he loved it. You know what I mean? I I do think it's a movie made for that audience, um, kids. Uh, and I think it's an easy movie to digest if you're a kid. So that said. He loved the movie though. He loved on the Uncharted movie and stuff. And I told him I was like, "Hey, there's a lot of video games for this." So anyway, the point is, um, I floated the idea to him of him going through the Uncharted games and possibly streaming them with me, and I would like let him stream the games. So anyway, uh, I might be doing that sometime. That I might it, uh, pr- I might go through the games by letting him play them, uh, and then just I'd be interested to see what he thinks. Yeah, you should. Because let me tell you, these games are so good that and now I don't. I, I, at the point in which I played Uncharted, the first one, I was an adult, so I didn't do this because I was an adult and had responsibilities. Um, 
but I did used to do this when I was a kid. So I was very surprised when I sat down to play Uncharted 2 and I beat the entire game in one sitting. Granted, the game's not especially long. It's like a 12 or 14 hour game. But I sat there for the entire 14 hours because I couldn't stop playing it. That's how like compelling the games are. And so that happened with the first one. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, I'm going to go play the first one. Or that happened with the second one. So then I was like, I'm going to go play the first one now. I played the first one. I was like, same thing's not going to happen. Same fucking thing happened. And then the third one came out. Same thing happened. Now, the fourth one came out and I had to take breaks because I had to go to work. But if I didn't have to go to work, the same thing would have happened. Awesome. <laughs> so it's my, right, well, glowing, my glowing recommendation for the Uncharted series, not including this movie. Are we uh, are we ready to wrap up? I think so. I mean, I think we got. Is there any any final thoughts anybody has? Or I mean, I think we've kind of. I mean, I think I said mostly everything I needed to say. Yeah, I said everything Thanks. I wanted to say. I'm I'm good. We're also at an hour and a half anyway, so it's a, it's a pretty decent time. Yeah, here's hoping that the Uncharted film does not have a sequel. Is there any like anything else you really want to get? Because you're you're the main one here. Ant. Is there anything else you really want to say? I mean, Uncharted is great. It's I mean, it's by the same development, the game game development that makes uh, Last of Us. So, you know, like oh, Naughty wow. Dog and Crash, and Crash Bandicoot. Uh, so, you oh, know, so like... That studio is just fucking insane, then. Yeah. I mean, actually, Naughty there's, Dog. like, there's a really cute moment in Uncharted 4 where, like, you're living Nate's day-to-day life and he has the chance to, like, play Crash Bandicoot yeah. in the game. That's awesome. <laughs> Let me ask this. Just uh, this is kind of one of the last things I want to ask. We already know that you said you would not make this movie, but if you had to, off the top of your head, who would you? Who do you think would be a good cast for Nathan Drake? Off the top of my head, uh, there was like a there was like a fan video that someone made, like a fan project with this guy who's an actual actor. He he was pretty good. I forgot what his name is, but I guess he's too old now. Off the top of my head. Man, I'd have to research. Yeah, because I'm, I'm bad with names. But I don't know. I mean, Holland. not. To, I mean, you know, based on next to nothing. If he could, if he could just not have the Boston accent, I think Mark Wahlberg is a better Nathan. <laughs> he just has to not say "ka." He is so his <laughs> accent is so fucking heavy. I can't deal with him at all. Like the whole movie, I was like, "Oh my god, Mark fucking Wahlberg, Marky Mark." I don't know what it is about him that rubs me the wrong way, but I'm just like, I don't know, man. He's just too Boston. I mean, there's a lot of uh, shit that came out about Mark Wahlberg years ago. I'm not even going to get into it here, but yeah, he's uh, not exactly like if you don't like Mark Wahlberg, trust me, it's a okay. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. You being a black male. It's okay if you don't like Mark Wahlberg. Oh no, I was gonna make a joke about that. Well, guess what? Oh, Mark no, Wahlberg has some real? choice. He has some choice words for you. You know what I was gonna say, Mark? I don't know what this rubs rubs me wrong about him, but he just seems like the kind of guy that say the n word. But I guess oh, hey. well, funny you should mention it. Anyways, I'm gonna give a shout out to our <laughs> patrons over at Patreon. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. By the way, we really appreciate it. Thank you guys for supporting us. Check you out know what a really good transition. If you said, "All right," anyway, I'm gonna give a shout out to my, and then you said, "That would have been such a good transition." I'm gonna give a shout out to my, and then anyway, listen. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanna you know all as always. 
Uh, I love the people on our Patreon. You guys support us uh, financially, which is amazing. And we've had a lot of patrons since we first started. And it's been growing. We have our Discord server. Um, you know, we have podcast suggestions. We have episodes that drop only on Patreon. And we'll be recording one next week for the month of September. But I just, I, have, I don't know. I Go ahead, Kenny. What were you going to say? I have a small, not an announcement, but for now I'll call it announcement because I can think of, can't think of a better word. It's a, it's not exciting though. I have a, I have an anti-announcement after Fraser says thank you to everybody. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, give me one second. Oh, but yeah. Also, we're releasing clips on our YouTube uh, as well. So those are basically taken from the video versions of our podcast that you can find on our Patreon. So if you're interested in that, check that out as well. Um, I am their podcast on YouTube.com. Uh, yeah, and so. I am always interested to hear how you guys listen to the podcast, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon, whatever it may be. Um, feel free to message us or leave that somewhere where we can see it. But uh, just interested to know, like, what do you guys prefer? Because we typically drop the episodes on YouTube, but uh, we do it a little later than we would drop them on like Spotify and everything. Like right now, I think we're only on episode like 92 or something on YouTube, but we have like episode this is episode 99 right here uh we do have a very very special Yu-Gi-Oh guest for our next episode so look out for that um but yeah without further ado let me give a shout out to connie austin leon quest garen xavier hylian tcg automotive dimitri barnes alexander Brissett, vinnie casello alex flamer Henri Reynolds, CJ, Dub K Dad One, Dan Verable, Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, First to Home, Dalas Verneris, S. Akuma, Mitchell Nels. Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Safiridis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, Biz, Roz Weiss, Nick Stango, Scott Palera, Hansel, our two-time national champion, Vincent Zan, Sarah Maria, Sony at the Top Cut Podcast, Alex Ahern, Philip Campa, and Jalen Haskins. Thank you guys so much for supporting us, and as I always say, it goes a long way. We really appreciate you. Also, guys, don't forget, do the things that make you happy, and uh, yeah, I think that wraps up and this one. The only thing I want to say before we go out is anybody that's listening to this and you end up going to watch this on Patreon, in the middle of this recording, something went wrong with my OBS. And so the first half of this recording got corrupted. And I don't know why, but it doesn't work. So. All right. Well. There you so go. this video, the first half is going to be just audio. <laughs> All right. Just do stills. Oh, you yeah. know, I'll do stills. Yeah, you can do a still of this and then it'll transition into this far. Are you actually going to splice it together like that? No, I mean, I'll just I'll just have like I'll just have a picture and have the audio on yeah. it. Um, I'll just get the audio from the Spotify. It's just I had I don't know if my co-host here could tell Fraser and Ant. Uh, there was the definitely recording, something going on. Yeah, throughout the recording of this video, I had a lot of issues and. I saw you going in and out of stuff, but you you did a good job of like not letting it affect too much. You were slightly robotic in the beginning, um, and I think that you got a better handle on like when it was happening because when I would check for the yellow thing that showed that like your connection was bad, uh, you weren't talking at those times. So I was like, okay, well, it seems like he's aware of what's going on too. But yeah, right, let so, us get out of here. Anyway, all right, see you guys. Good night. Bye.